0: Check, yeah, all good. Hey everyone, so good to see you all, all are smiling and cheering. (laughs) I've still got like butterflies in my tummy. Um, Yeah, just give me a few seconds to settle down, I'm new, a newbie, so uh, thanks for your grace. Uh, If you guys are here for the first time this New Year to a Sunday service, I want to wish you a Happy New Year. We're still celebrating New Year's, we're still in the first month, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, settling down, settling down. (laughs) Yeah, I want to praise God for this opportunity and uh, thank Pastor Clinton and Pastor Olivia for trusting me again to uh, stand here and preach. I think Pastor Clinton already introduced me. Uh, You can call me Stan. Uh, The other names are optional, but (laughs) you can call me Stan. That's uh, good. Uh, Me and my family, um, we've been serving in this church for almost nine years, and um, God is really, like, faithful, and um, it's just a joy and a pleasure to serve God. There's nothing much, nothing less. It is purely a joy uh, to serve God along with your family, whether you're single, whether you're having a family, kids, it doesn't matter. Like, it's just a joy to, to uh, serve God, you know. Um, so let's pray before we start. Maybe that will calm me down. Let's pray. <laughs> Spirit of God, we are truly blessed but what we have been doing in our lives. Uh, we acknowledge your presence in this room, in this place. And Father, you have a plan and a purpose for everyone who has walked into this service. So we pray, God, that you will release your word, that your word will enrich us, that it will enlighten us, stir in us a hunger to walk according to the promises that you have laid down for us this new year, Father God. And I just pray for no distraction, no disturbances with technicals, and in your name, we pray this prayer. Amen. 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 Our sermon series for this month of Jan is called, I need to use this, Hello 2023, right? And we've been like listening to amazing messages uh, from Pastor Clinton. And so the title of my message today is, It's Time to Grow, Come on, Right? I think everyone is familiar with New Year's, and everyone is ready to get into the gym memberships, you wanna get fit, you wanna do something new so that you're setting yourself up for a challenge for this whole year. So this year, I feel like it's time for us to grow. Not just saying it, not just signing up for a membership for the first sec, uh, first two months, and uh, you know, not doing anything about it, you know. So if it's really time for us to grow, we need to look into the aspects of how we are going to grow. All right? Um, How many of you were there the last time that I preached? Okay. I'm funny, yeah? (laughs) You got to get used to me. So I'm not poetic, but I'm funny. So I just thought it sounds good. Roses are red, violets are blue. Can anybody stop what God's about to do? This year, 2023. And this is working, okay? So before we could think that we're already like in our, you know, fourth week, uh, fourth Sunday of uh, Jan, and it's definitely gonna get better. How many of you are having a good year so far? Is that all right? Yeah? So good. Um, an old lady walked into a church, and the usher was right there um, in the front door. Is that for me? Thank you. In the front door to welcome this lady. So it was a little bit, you know, a dim lights over there. So he kind of like, you know, can I help grab your hand? And uh, she said Yes. Uh, And the old lady leaned into the usher and said like, can you walk me down to the front row of the church? To which the usher politely said, ma'am, you don't want to do that because the pastor is slightly boring. (laughs) So the old lady looked at this guy, the usher, and she said, you know who I am? And he was like, no, I don't know. And she said, I'm the pastor's mom. Yeah, you know, so the usher was like embarrassed. So in embarrassment, he said to the lady, "I'm so sorry, but do you know who I am?" Which she said, "Like no, I don't know." And he just said, "Thank God." Yeah. <laughs> I want to give a shout out to all the ushers who've been like serving sincerely. Yeah. yeah, shout out to you guys. Because of you, God is able to move freely. Because of you, God is able to move in freedom. And because of what you guys are setting up for him, he's able to do what he's about to do. Amen? Amen. So God is going to honor you for all your sacrifices and whatever you do, you know, every single week. Amen. I want to start with this question. Did you know that the stars speak? Did you know that the stars in the sky, they speak? Did you know? No. But they did in Abraham's time. Right? We all know the story of the promise which God has given Abraham. You know, he told to him, go and count the number of stars that is there in the sky. That is there in the, on sky at night. And it was a word that was spoken directly by God to Abraham. Not through a prophet, not through anyone else. But God spoke directly to Abraham. So my sermon today is based on the story, God's promise to Abraham. So we read about this story in Genesis chapter 12, and we will read the passage in a bit. Now picture this. What did Abraham do when he, when he received this word? He steps out in the evening after dinner. He tells his wife, Sarah, honey, I'm going to take a step out because I've had a really heavy dinner. So I just want you guys to like journey with me, okay? Uh, so he takes a step out, and he goes a long walk, pondering into the uh, the sky, pondering into the heavens, you know. And he starts to count down the number of stars that he could really, like, notice. So he starts counting numbers, 6, 4, 12, 100, a 400, a 600, 1,000, but he was trying his best. He was trying to use his smartness by using command math. I don't know if people... Uh, in the U.S., they are used to something called as come on, Mads. Uh, it's a different way of counting. So he's trying his best to count the number of stars, and, but he's just, like, failing to, you know. And then he keeps asking God, like, what are you telling me? What are you about to, you know, say through this? And then God says, Abraham, count the number of stars in the sky. There's nothing else. That's what God is telling Abraham you know? So he goes now, and he's going to try to do something else creative. So he said, this right side is going to be A square. The left side is going to be B square. So A square plus B square. Oh, wait a minute. I've left that patch of stars over there. So he's struggling to count the number of stars, right? Do you know what he heard? Abraham, count the number of stars. He had to do this a few times. It's not just the one time he just steps out and tries to count the stars, but he does it every single night. You know, he's trying to do this. And then every time he does that, God is releasing something new, right? With a little insight now, this time he says, the number of stars will be the number of descendants, God said. Amen? It took a few times for God to release the next word. What do you understand from this? He's a man of few words, right? God takes his own sweet time. He's prepared. He's got everything ready, but he takes his own sweet time in order to release the word, right? To, in order to, for him to explain and tell you the bigger picture, it's going to take a little bit of time. So now when... As we picture the story of Abraham and Sarah and God's promise over their lives, you and I think that Abraham and Sarah received a promise. They were shocked, they were later convinced, thank God, carried on with their business and until the promise you know, came to pass. Do you think so they did that? No. Now Abraham and Sarah, they went out for a walk together and just looking up in the sky trying to count the number of stars. They set up a dinner table in their backyard trying to have dinner under the stars. You know, they made this exciting. They made this as their mission because God has promised something. God did speak through the stars. The stars spoke to Abraham and uh, you know the rest of the story. But this year, I believe that God is setting us up for growth. I heard the word growth before. And uh, my God, the worship was so phenomenal, guys, today. And Fabian's message as well. So good that God is in this room and God is about to do something new, something great, and setting us up for growth this year. So maybe the promise that you received this new year was not very clear. Maybe it was a very simple message which said, I will lift you up. Maybe it was a message which says that, you know, I'm gonna pick you up from the miry clay and put you on a rock to stay. You would have heard this a plenty number of times, you know. So it doesn't really like, you know, settle in you like, oh, he's gonna do that every year, you know, like I receive a promise. But believe in it. Even if it's simple, it's gonna happen. He says that he will go before you and make your uneven paths straight. I'm gonna bring you a life partner. Someone say amen. I'm going to bring you a promotion. I'm going to bring you a promotion in a way that you are desiring for over these years. You know, promotion could be in in, uh, many different ways. Whether it be to bear a child, whether it's a promotion at work, whether it is a, a promotion of spiritual growth, you know, but God is about to release that this year. And we got to believe it. It's not like the gym membership, but if God said, if God has promised, He is about to do it. So it's time to grow. Someone say, it's time, grow. it's time to grow. It's time to grow, amen. So how do we unveil this? How do we ride on this? You know, uh, our kids' church uh, teachers are doing an amazing job, I must say. Last week, my, my uh, younger uh, son, Zane, he's four. You know, he came running to me and he said, like, Dada, we learned about baptism today. And I was so happy to hear that. I, you know, it's, he said he meant baptism, but he said baptism. and. Uh, And uh, I was like paying attention to him, like I was really interested to know what he learned. So he said, if you go into the water and come out, you get a new name. (laughs) Straight away, you know, I learned about baptism and that if you go into the water and come out, you get a new name. So I didn't pay attention to him so much, so I was like driving and me as a father, you know, you want to preach to your kids every opportunity, right? You wanna to preach to them. So I was like, you know guys, even Dada took baptism soon after we got married and uh, it's so good. So he, the, the, the instant question he asked was, so why didn't you change your name? <laughs> but so uh, kudos to the, to the kids' church teachers, they're doing an amazing job. If they're listening, good on you guys. We all know that um, everything narrows down to your relationship with, with Christ, with God. You know, when you love someone and when you have a relationship, you will do anything and everything, you know, to please them, to give whatever they ask, and you are there to do it. And vice versa, you, we also expect to receive the same, right, when you love someone. There's a very beautiful song that I love from Brian Adams, When You Love Someone. Um... For a moment, let's not speak theory here. Let's not focus on, you know, um, a collective group. Let's narrow it down to one person, a unit, and focus on what is God going to do through this. You know, Abraham had a promise, and he didn't have details. He didn't have a revelation uh, that was clear. And he didn't have a clear understanding. But he just stepped out every night looking at the sky and counting the number of stars. And that's when God unveiled to him his promise. And God said to Abraham that go out of that country and migrate to a place where I will show you. No location pin. No maps. No destination mentioned. Abu Dhabi, Lebanon, Tanzania. No place mentioned. And that's what we read in Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 to 4. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went along with him. Abraham was 75 years old when he set out from Haran. My dad and mom, uh, they bought a house uh, in the early 90s, and uh, they lived in this, in this house for like about two decades. And um, when we bought the house, it was very cozy and comfortable. We all grew up, me and the, my brothers, we grew up in this house, and uh, it was a very comfortable house. but. Two decades later, this this place became very congested. But it took me and my brother four years to convince him to move out from that place. So as we age, we get very comfortable. We don't like change. You know, I'm just saying this because Abraham had collected big wealth and people, manpower, servants, so much in those days. And at the age of 75, when God said, move. It would have been very uncomfortable for Abraham, right? So in verse 5, it says, He took his wife Sarah, his nephew Lot, all the possessions that he had accumulated and the people that he had acquired in Haran, and they set out to the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. When you receive a promise from God, you act on it. When it comes, to, when it comes from your boss, you better do it. right, you better act on it. So you are lucky today because I've got only three points. Okay, the first one is stop asking questions. (laughs) Was that rude? But I meant stop asking questions in despair. You know what the meaning of despair? Loss of hope. I put myself and my wife as well (laughs) into this. I don't want you guys to be, uh, you know, thinking about, you know, you in this picture, no pressure. But I just thought, okay, Stan and Glow are in their 60s. And let's be realistic. God says that you will have a child. Our instant answer back to God is, nice one, God. But really? You know? (laughs) Not in your 60s, my friend. (laughs) But as a believer, as a believer in Christ, we will receive it. At the end of the day because if we we truly believe and trust in God so if he's saying it we will receive it but grumpy we will receive it grumpy if God said I want you to pray sure sure we can we can pray if God says give ten percent of your tithe sure we can give if God says give ten percent from your bonus a little bit grumpy you know the value is increasing yeah? 10% of your bonus, you don't know what's the bonus, but I'm thinking it's better than you know, your salary. 10% from your bonus, a little bit grumpy. I'm gonna give you a child when you're in your 60s, and you'll be like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna be grumpy. You know, I've, if you didn't have a child, it's, it's a different ball game. but if you have already had kids, it's gonna be, uh, you know, like, oh, I've already done it. You know, I've, I've gone through the seasons, now I'm in my 60s, I just wanna retire. What a house, I know, I wanna retire. You know, when I'm in my 60s. So as soon as we receive and we end this call with God, you know, I'll call Pastor Clinton. Pastor Clinton! You know <laughs> because, you know why I said Pastor, I, I used the word Pastor Clinton because Pastor Clinton is the one who always reminds us that he's available, his WhatsApp is open <laughs> for us to, you know, contact. So I would call Pastor Clinton. Pastor Clinton, did you know that I received a word, you know, in my previous call with God, uh, I received a word from him that he's going to give me a child. And then I will call Brother Sam. Brother Sam, did you know, did you know, did you know that I got a promise from God that I'm going to receive a child. We also are trying to think of now scenarios like, you know, how is this going to happen? And we tell Brother Sam that, you know, Brother Sam, I think at Sarah's age, only Ivy is going to happen. You know, the, the, the way Ivy, right? It's, it's the only possible is maybe Ivy. And then Brother Sam says, like, no, 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 I think God is really a just God. So he's very compassionate. So maybe he's thinking of adoptions. So there's, we can just keep going on and on. There's a lot of things that we will be, like, thinking of, and our mind is going to wander. But he said he's giving a child. So we need to be very patient. Stop asking questions in despair. I can imagine the number of questions that Abraham would have received from Sarah. That's another ball game." You know, so he had to answer her because, you know, Sarah would have said, like, hey, you know what? Your God said that I'm going to bear a child, not you. So you better ask him more questions and find out what I'm going to do, what I'm going to do. You know, a wise man once said that if you understand why pizzas are made round, placed in a square box and served in a triangle, you will understand a woman. So women like to ask questions. So... I'm used to pulling my wife's leg, and today I'm just collectively pulling all the women's legs. <laughs> you can't say anything. I've got the mic. <laughs> so every time, you know, Abraham set out to walk outside, you know, to count the number of stars, when he comes back, Sarah's waiting, what did your master say? What did your master say now, you know? So jokes aside, you know, guys, like Abraham, Sarah received the promise in obedience. This is what he did. You know, Abraham took Sarah and, and he set up a table and they did it together. They started counting the stars together because every time they counted, you know, God was releasing something new for them, you know, explaining the, the word for them, you know. So see, they set up a backyard table and they started having dinner under the stars. In Luke chapter 17, verse is 11 to 19. It says that as Jesus continued towards Jerusalem, he reached the border between Galilee and Samaria. And he, as he entered the village, there were 10 men with leprosy who stood at the distance, crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He looked at them and said, go show yourself to the high priest. As they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. The reason Jesus asked them to go to the high priest is... Whenever someone had a leprosy in the country or in the town, they were made to live and, you know, live outside the camp, live outside the city. You know, so if ever they got their healing, they had to go and show themselves to the high priest or the pastor in the town to just make sure and prove to him that they are healed. And then they're allowed to come back into the city. But man, their faith. Jesus only told them, go and show yourselves to the high priest. But the obedience that they had, they never asked a question. Right? They just turned back, turned around, and walked straight to the high priest. And that obedience healed them. While they were on their way, they were healed. Amen? In this age and time that we live in, we have a lot to be distracted by we are called as the google generation there's pros and cons for google you know it makes our life very easy and you know it's it's connected with so many other things like siri and alexa i hope alexa is not switching on now and alexa it just makes our life easy but it also makes us you know like we tell all the people that we know things and we quietly google You know, it just gives. It's like our, you know, a comfort place where, like, for anything we can Google. The only thing that we can't find on Google is, is, any guesses? The will and the purpose of God for your lives. Google ain't ain't got that. No one has cracked it yet. So, my first point is: stop asking questions in despair. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 33, it says, walk in obedience to all that God has commanded you so that you may live, prosper, and prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Amen? So if you walk in obedience to what He's commanded, it says that you will live, prosper, and prolong your days. That means like long life. Prolong your days in the land that you will possess. Amen? The second word... The second point that I've got is start investing in it. Bring some excitement in what you've learned from God, what you've heard from God. If God said, my son and daughter, I want to bring some promotion into your workplace, into your work, into your career, upgrade yourself. You got to do some learning, you know, and uh, get, go and get a degree, go and do something new and upgrade yourself. Don't sit on it. To make it short, if you are running a company and you want to hire a teller and you're expecting the teller to go from a teller's position into putting him in a higher position of making decisions for a company, would we do that? No. So we're expecting some changes within in the teller. I'm just giving an example of a teller. In the position you are in, if the company has to recognize you, you need to make some move you need to show some improvements in your learning in your capabilities and things that is more practical way of thinking yes god promised that he's going to make you grow yes god promised that he's going to bring a promotion into your life but there should be some act from your side Well, you can always say that I've been going to church for almost like five years from the time that I've been born. I've been giving to God. I've been taking part in fasting and prayer whenever the church went on a fast. I've been going for worship services during the midweek. All of that doesn't count. It helps you, you know, unrelease your like blessings, but it helps you release your blessings. But there should be some signs of you showing some progress at work right when you are acting on it that's when god is about to do something we got to act on it we got to invest on it just because you're punctual to work just because you are faithfully serving in the in the company for 10 years things are not going to move you know so we better act on it most times as christians we always have a, our headspace locked up in this man i've been praying for almost 5 years i've been doing so many things but I've been praying for five years for a promotion, and God asks, like, what, did you work on your next step in your career? I've been looking for a breakthrough in my marriage or relationship, and God says that, did you learn to love yourself and your spouse for me to do something? You know, and I've been waiting for a child for many years, and God says that, did you learn to take care of yourself first for me to entrust you with another life? You know, so... We better act on this. We better do something for ourselves so that even God is pleased that we are making moves. Amen? It's time that we prepare ourselves for what's coming ahead. Look out. In, in Luke chapter 5, verses 4 to 7, it says that, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, now go out where it is deeper and let down your nets to catch some fish. We all know the story of you know Jesus going along with Simon and helping him you know fill up his boat and the master and uh, Simon replies master we worked all we worked hard all night and didn't catch a fish but if you say so at your word if you say so I'll let down the nets down again I'll let the nets down again but this time the nets were filled with fish and a shout for help brought their partner, and soon both the boats were filled with fishes and on the verge of sinking. Fabian mentioned this word, give and it will come back to you. Either we can do that as an action, or we can also go to the song, Calm Down. You know, This year we need to choose what we're doing. I mean, the, the meaning of that song doesn't you know, mean that you just chill, but take some time to chill. But Do some action, invest into it so that God is pleased and he's going to start releasing more of his plans for us. So the first one is Stop stop asking questions in despair. The second one is invest in it, start to invest in it. The third point is measure your growth. We are in a whole new life in these last two decades. Filled with computers, system-generated stuff everywhere, endless streaming of information. Our new work culture demands continuous learning from us. You know, the environment around us is putting a lot of pressure on our time, our finances, and our relationships. As Christians, we want to go beyond this, and we want to serve God. We want to, you know, do an effective ministry beyond all of this pressure. If we don't you know, carve out time for personal growth, we're going to struggle. How many of us are struggling with time? We all feel that, oh my God, if only I had a little more time in hand, I would be successful. Do you think that it's going to get better? It's only going to get narrow. It's going to narrow down. So only if we are going to train ourselves in our personal growth you know, the way that we carve out time for growth, to learn something new, to do something new, to do things, to learn to do things in a more effective way, we're gonna be on top of this. As Christians, we're called to be about everyone, to be out there. If we're gonna, and the other people are chilling at home, you know, they're after their busy job, everything, you know, they're chilling at home. But we as Christians, we are called to be out there in the marketplace, be out there in ministry, to preach the gospel and do things. Only if we're gonna learn a strategic way of doing things, then we can be on top, right? So we need to equip ourselves, we need to learn and grow, which is very, very essential. You know, to, uh, um, on the letter ahead we write this to whomsoever it may concern and so i say this to whoever needs to hear this that i came up with this thing called box theory while i was preparing my message box theory is like we put ourselves in a box you know we put our mind in a box we put ourselves in a box and start to give excuses you know i'm an introvert I don't like to meet people. I don't want to go to church because I'm an introvert and I don't like, don't like to meet people, so I don't want to go to church. I don't like reading, so you know I don't, I don't know if I can read the Bible, so I want to listen to podcasts. Are you listening to podcasts? No, maybe sometimes, uh, but uh, if I have internet, maybe sometimes you know, I'm listening to some messages. We come up with excuses for everything and put ourselves in a box. Do you all agree? Not everyone. I'm saying that at times that we, Try to box things. And that's the work of the enemy. It's not us. Because the enemy, I mean, the plan for God is to have a good relationship with us. But the enemy is trying to come around constantly and stopping this flow happening. So it speaks to us in a way that, oh, no, you're not a reader. You know, why would you read the Bible? You don't even read books. Why would you read the Bible? Like... And then he's going to give you no time. He's going to you know, put you know, uh, disturbances in your time management so that you will not even listen to podcasts. End of the day, you're doing nothing. So we better be careful. What are we boxing ourselves into? We forget the essence of simple gospel and the importance of relationship and individual relationship with you and God, me and God. That is more important than which church we're going to, which worship we're listening to. He's more asking. I mean, of course, it's very important to choose a church which has the right doctrine, but it doesn't matter how big or phenomenal the church and the worship is and all of these things. The only thing that he's asking you in the Bible is that, do you know me? What is your relationship with God? It all narrows down to that one thing, one single way, you know, that he always asks questions about. You know, God is never... Um, I was sharing this example to my, uh, my worship team yesterday. Um, we are all from the corporate, right? So we know this term called KPIs. Everyone's aware, KPI, it's key performance indicators that every year at the beginning of the year or the financial year, the company gives a KPI, maybe 5 points, 6 points, 10 points, depends on your role. And there are two, way, two types of people in the corporate. One is a smart worker, and the other one is a... Hard worker. We're all aware? The way you guys are looking is like, (laughs) bro. (laughs) So who wins by the end of the day? Smart Smart worker. Because he goes to the KPIs, whatever, three or five, he just does that. But the hard worker, he does that as well as he wants to please the boss. He wants to save cost for the company. He wants to do a lot. If you're a HR man, I'm telling you if they give a budget to the hr 50000 dirhams for example they want to go below that and they say i can do it in 30000 dirhams you know and they cut all our salaries <laughs> my wife is a hr <laughs> so if you're given a kpi kpi let's be like a smart worker right he's more concerned about your individual relationship that is very very important so personal growth we come back to that when you measure it, like how you do your KPIs, right? Every year, end of the year, we go back to the KPIs, and along with your boss, you check your KPIs. Similarly, when you set personal growth for yourselves, right, as a person, go back to it. So it'll give you that edge or the opportunity to go back by the end of the year and look into what you have done. So set yourselves time, set yourselves up for some learning this year, and at the end of the year, when you go back, you have something to look at. If you didn't go to the gym, your wife is gonna ask you. You signed up for a full year's contract and what's happening with this, all of that. So you better don't send no. But get yourself plugged into things that you will be able to achieve, be able to measure. So measuring your growth is very, very important. In closing, I wanna say this, that if you're struggling in the area of, fin- of forgiveness, of forgiving someone, you can't simply say to God that, you know, God, I tried my best. I tried my best in my head to forgive this person. You know, I tried the last couple of months just thinking about it. You know, I, you know all that he has done for me, she has done for me, you know, um, how I was affected. All of these things are not gonna help you to forgive this person. Here's how you start. Pray and ask God, I wanna forgive so and so. Open the Bible and read about forgiveness, you know, scenarios in the Bible. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32, it says that, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ forgave you. In Matthew chapter 11, it says that when you stop, stand and pray, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that the Father in heaven may forgive your sins. You know, so read chapters that will really enlighten you and talk about these things for you to, you know, something to happen. Rather than like saying, oh, I'm, I tried my best. I tried while I was driving to work. I dri-. It's not happening. Many years have passed, it's not happening. Code scriptures on forgiveness. You know, read some scenarios in the Bible, a book on forgiveness, soul healing. Man, I guarantee you, by the end of your research, and understanding that you either have already forgiven that person or at least on a journey to forgiveness. You know, you have progressed, you have moved. So if you're listening today, you gotta move. You gotta move. Let's ex- get excited with the promises that He has laid for each one of us in your lives. If you didn't receive a promise, you're not too late. Just go back into His Word, listen to your worship, and you know, in your time, ask God, What do you want me to do this year? And He's gonna lay it down for you, He's gonna speak to you, and take it up and start to act on it. Stop asking questions in despair, start investing in it, and measure your growth. By the end of this year, you will notice that all these promises will come to pass because of your act. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for each and every person who has heard this word. And uh, we pray, God, that they will receive a special grace from you, God. That you have greater plans for them, for their future, for their well-being, and for them to really grow, Father God, and we just pray, God, that everything that is coming between this, the work of the enemy, that we will remove, we will cancel it, and, Father God, that there will be an anointing that will help them to, you know, navigate through, that you will throw light into their path, Father God, that they will be able to see visibly what you have for them, Father God. We thank you for your grace upon them, Father God. We just bless them in your name and help them to flourish according to your promises. In your name we pray this prayer. Amen. Amen.